It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's fantasy football weekend. Our draft is coming up and we're going to be making some picks. So grab a glass, put the game on mute and take a listen. Let's do this. Welcome to 4 and Goal. Today we're going to be talking Saban gets a lot of money. Deshaun Watson's thing, I guess, is settled. And we've got our fantasy football draft this weekend. We are so pumped. And we're actually going to continue something we started. We are going to do our NFL AFC NFC North preview. Can you say what's up, Dick? I forgot to bring you in. What's up, Dick? What's up, Dick? Uh, all right. Well, it's been a minute. I think we're saying that consistently now because life is life, but we're enjoying it. And we're going to keep the show going. Dick, do what you do best and lay the socials on everybody. Make it fast. Man, I'm just happy we have some continuity in our show for once with actually continuing a topic from week to week to week. So with that being said. I have a cotton new shirt. It's 100% cotton. Continuity. Like no, it's continuing new. things. A cotton new tee. Is it a, a plain white tee? Yep. Well, with that being said, let's flip out our Motorola razors and do some T9 texting to get up to date on all these social media things. So, Drammers, as we always say, make sure you're following us on Instagram. That's the best way to follow us at 4thram, at 4thdram, and make sure you're visiting us on our website, 4thramandgold.com, and kick us an email at 4thramandgold at gmail.com, um, and make sure that you're always following, liking, subscribing to us on all of your favorite podcast streaming apps, including Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, CastBox, et cetera, et cetera. And even on YouTube, you can listen to us on YouTube. Make sure you're liking the, sub cha the channel and subscribing as well. And with that, I think we can talk a little bit about what we're drinking tonight. Or do you want to kick it uh, kick it around a little bit? You know, uh, throw it back, plain uh, white tees? We can, we can kick it around just a little bit. We do have some uh, preseason football on. We've been checking out the... Houston Texans and the San Francisco 49ers on Prime Video with our boy Kirk Herbstreet on the mic with Al Michaels. I kind of dig Kirk Herbstreet. I've always liked his commentation, like his commentating on college football, and he really seemed to fit right in with the pros today. I, I what do you think? You've been listening to? I mean, how can you not like Kirk? Right? Like he's a uh, he's probably one of the best. I think that's out there right now. You know, we talk about commentators, we talk about sports broadcasters, whatever you want to say, and how annoying and opinionated they can be about the dumbest shit. But Kirk is fat. Kirk Street, Al Michaels, Brent Musburger. Fuck one, kill him, everyone. Go. Uh, fuck Al Michaels, kill Brent Musburger, and Mary Kirk Hurd Street. Hmm. That's just sick. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, no, that would definitely be my three right there. No, I mean, I, I agree, man. Like, we love him in college football. He's fact-based. He's opinionated, but he backs it up with facts, which I love. And how can he not like him parlaying that over to the NFL game? I think the thing I'm going to worry about the most is does this impact his ability to broadcast the key you know, college game day segments and the key college games during the week? Like, is he too busy now? I'm not going to give a shit about all that. I just think he does a good job at calling the games, both of them. So uh, I should have given you a list of Chris Collinsworth, Joe Buck, and Dennis Miller. Remember when he did that? Actually, uh, yeah, dude, I, I don't like when Dennis Miller did it. <laughs> I like when Dennis Miller does comedy. Uh, football, not so much. I mean, but, I hated it at the time, but in retrospect, not one of the worst. 
Yep. Other than that, we have our uh, Green Bay Packers playing the Kansas City Chiefs. I did not see this one, but I know the last two games, Mahomes is still Mahomes. Uh, boy was doing his thing. Um, interesting to see how he does this year. Like I said, I think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder without Tyreek Hill. I think the first game he just casually guided the team down the field. No problems. Touchdown. Second game, touchdowns on his first two drives. I'm expecting a big year from him. I didn't even see if Rodgers played in this game tonight. Jordan Love, 16 for 26, 148, one INT. Who knows if he's ever going to start for the Packers. Um, All right. What's in our glass? This is where you start talking because you're the one who gave me these beautiful samples. Yeah, so this is a great option that I picked up. Um, if you're looking for a little bit of Tennessee whiskey, Kurt has had the uh, great opportunity to bring this on the show before, but we didn't get to try it at the same time. It is the Blue Note Juke Joint Whiskey. Uh, this is the uncut, though. It is a single barrel uh, specs pick, uh, barrel number 17470. So if you have the same one, you can drink with us as you listen to the show. And this comes in at 121.1 proof or roughly 60 point, I don't know, something. Um, I can't do math tonight. Uh, 60.2? There you go. That's the math. Uh, 60. No, that's wrong too. 60.05. There you go. 60.05%. Uh, this one comes out of BR Distilling Company out of Memphis, Tennessee. So, Kurt, you and I had the great opportunity to have this when I was there in person. Walking Not- in Memphis. All right, calm down there, big boy. But I'll also tell you that this was a pretty good hit during our first whiskey club of the uh, Armadillo Whiskey Club that I set up here in San Antonio based off of your your great template that you established there back in the the hometown of CC. Well, glad to hear you have the tradition continuing. Uh, Yeah, I've had, we had the original Blue Note. We had the Crossroads, which I love and highly recommend to anybody and gave it a crossroads crossroads please do not ruin one of my favorite rap groups of all time um what do you know about them them thugs seen them in person and it was no shit when they were back in the crooked christy uh probably about was it concrete street uh no, it was Brewster Street Ice House. Oh, even better. So this was not too long ago then. No, this was like my firstborn was like in the tummy. Like this was twenty. Yeah, that's not that long ago, dude. Like I'm pulling like like bone thugs from back in like our high school football days, and you're talking about this was eight years ago. Yeah, that's a big difference. It was uh, not the same bone thugs. I'll say that, but. Anyway, still quite the show. Probably got secondhand high. Not going to lie. The smoke was in the air. But uh, I love it. I did not know that story. For quite a while. Um, so, yeah, I've, I'm, I've been very impressed with the products from Blue Note. Uh, I'm excited about this 121 proofy proof. The proofy proof. Yeah, I'll say. Um, we'll get into it yet, but it definitely is unique. And... Tennessee whiskey is kind of hard to come by if it's not Jack Daniels. So this is not a Jack Daniels product. Would you disagree with that statement? I don't think there's a whole lot of opera. I don't think there's a whole lot of good options outside of Jack Daniels specific to Tennessee whiskey. Okay. I don't know about good options. There's uh, options. Yes. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm totally having a brain. Is, is Dickel? Yeah. I said good options. 
Okay, got you. And then there's that. Is that what is it? Stellum or something? The other blue label is that? I'm Memphis. I maybe I've had it. Not a huge fan though. So, but it's yeah. Memphis, right? I or could. It- I could produce it while we talk and find out, but I wouldn't argue with you about it. All right. Well, I could just be looking at the similar blue labels. I don't know. Uh, As you look into that, we will go ahead and get into our second dram. Do you agree, sir? Let's do it. All right. Second dram. We are going to talk some headlines. Now, in our last episode, I think we were editing that day and we forgot to mention a very, very important topic that we texted each other like the following day and we were like, yeah, we totally dropped the ball on that. You must pay your due respects to the late, great Bill Russell, who passed away around the time of our last recording. That must have been, what, two, three weeks now? What's not to say about arguably the greatest basketball player of all time? I will say it. Didn't get to see him in person. I I mean, I'd still say it's Michael Jordan, but if you're going to argue with me from that era, I mean, I won't put up too much of a fight because of his distinguished resume. Agreed. And we didn't get to see him in person play, but think of all the cameos that he did before he died, right? I mean, quite a few. And that was that was pretty cool. Um, just a producer's note, Stellan was actually Kentucky Whiskey. So Okay. Then I was just getting confused by the blue label. Um, so yeah, uh, Bill Russell, player coach, is, player co-champion. Isn't he the first league-wide re- number retirement? Is that a fact? I have no idea. I know George Mikan was like the first like NBA superstar, I think. Uh, so I, I don't know. Um, but, but they are retiring his number even across, this, across oh, the league. Oh, okay. That, yes. They're doing that this year, which is yes. awesome. Definitely deserves it. Mount Rushmore of basketball. Doing the coach, the player, the player coach championships, 11. What's not to say about the late great Bill Russell? As we raise our glasses and take a sip to one of the goats. Uh, not like it's a competition or anything, but another great, the one of the best sports pictures of all time. It tells you where we've come as a society. Len Dawson. The great quarterback from the Super Bowl Kansas City Chief team where at halftime, there's that famous picture of him sitting in the locker room, just taking a drag, taking a drag from his cigarette as he's getting ready to take the field uh, for the second half against the Green Bay Packers. So Len Dawson, awesome career. Great. And of course, that picture is in many man caves across the world. For sure, man. For sure. Uh, give me a marble red and a uh, and a fresca, and I'll be good to go. I mean, hey, I think I could still do that. You put the football pigskin in the backyard and set me for a good couple hours. I could take a drag right in between and see how I do. I can't get any better. Can't I mean, worse. How many Turkey Day half times are that picture? Probably mm-hmm. half of America, and probably seventy five percent of the Northeast. Make it to the halftime without somebody <laughs> either dying or fighting. Uh. Dick, your mentor, your top of the mountain, the man you look up to, the greatest of all time in your eyes, the great Nick Saban, just got paid and is apparently going to be at Alabama at least until 2023. Doesn't that keep him coaching till he's 80? I mean, we talked about this. 
There's nothing else to do. Go home. Like, go home. You're like Brady, except old and older. I mean, he's only like 30 years older than Brady. Um, Nick Saban is 70, so this keeps him coaching until he's 78. You never know. Maybe he'll run for president next. That seems to be the trend. I mean, well, at that age, yeah, he'd probably be qualified with the recent candidates, but <laughs> I, I, I just don't know. Like, if he has another bad year, obviously he can get out of it. If he has a rough year, let's say NIL catches up to them. We've had this conversation. Alabama is still going to be Alabama, but I, and it kind of just takes away like the ride off into the sunset if they were to win it this year. Like he's gonna be there till twenty thirty. Holy crap! I will be like in my forties. Yeah, I think I'll be almost retired by then, dude. If he does till twenty thirty, like no joke, my youngest kid will be in high school. That's fucking frightening. Frightening because he's playing A and M every year until then. Well, that that means I'm getting old. But yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, greatest college football coach of all time? I don't know, man. I mean, I think he's there, and we've talked about this in the past. He is. Knowing that he – yeah, but how much so? How much so? Like, is it unobtainable? Like, does he become the unobtainium of, you know, coaching lore? Like, what what does he do if he gets three more championships over the next eight years? I mean, it's totally possible, right? It's not even a 50% win. He does the same thing if Brady were to win, like, three more championships. Yeah, I mean, but that's completely different. That he's the best ever. But that's completely different. Like, Brady is using his own physical abilities to win those. Like, Nick Saban's using his mind, right? So, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> With all of us, I'm just saying, do that. like, it's more plausible that Saban gets three more than Brady gets one more. I think. Okay, yes, but I, the, I'm going back to the conversation of, yeah, I think he's cemented it. Any, anything further will cement it more. That's what I'm saying. Like, does it become an unobtainium? Like, become something that can't ever be... Unobtainium? Is that what they were trying unobtainium. for? Wakanda? Yes, no. That's, okay. not, that's not quite it. By the way, I am stoked. Did you see the Wakanda Forever trailer? Yeah, like three weeks ago, yeah. Did we talk about that in our last episode? No. Because I've probably watched it 30 times more since that episode. Why? Well, first off, the music is catchy. Yeah. Okay? All the Marvel no movies is catchy. Woman, no and then it goes into going be all right, which we know my obsession with that song. It's my Mar- motto yes. to life. Yeah. And then you have the Chadwick Boseman painting. I mean, it's just I, I don't even like if I die before that movie comes out, I'm going to be so upset. Like I, I want to see it. Yeah, so I won't bad. be happy either. <laughs> uh, I mean, let's just not put that out in the ether, okay? You want to see it. You're excited about it. I get it. Have you watched She-Hulk at all? I'm sorry, what? Have you watched She-Hulk? Uh, no, I never called her back after that night in college. I mean, I'd had a couple too many. Death by Snooze Snoo. It's a Futurama reference if you don't know it. Learn it. It's pretty funny. No, I've never met a Futurama fan in my life. How can you not be a Futurama fan? I, I, I don't know. I didn't get no. it. Anyway, uh, so Nick Saban's getting paid. In further headlines, Chet Holmgren is out for the season. That was today. Like He was in one of those summer league basketball leagues, uh, kind of like the Drew League. I think it was Jamal Crawford's basketball league. 
And yeah, I had just been thinking the other day, like LeBron's playing in these and LeBron's, you know, LeBron. Oh God. I don't even want to say this, but he gets an injury and he's out for a while. It's okay. He's done. He's done a lot. Chet Holmgren is like, after the performance he had at the summer league, he was set for a hot start, young career, get going. And then he's at one of these basketball events and gets a Liz Frank. Correct me if I'm wrong. Foot injury. I think the same thing like Derek Stingley had. Yeah. uh, So, I mean, yeah, and he's done for the season. I mean, seven foot, 190 pounds. Like, that's not a a sustainable size. Like, of course, something's going to break. It's a matter of time. a summer league. Dude, it takes one bad jumper. Like, I know, but get to, like, anyway. Stefan Marbury. What about him? I mean, it was his first game out, and he fucking broke his ankle. Like it takes one bad game, one bad landing. Did that really happen to Stefan Marbury? Or... Yeah. Really? Yeah. His first game ever, he broke his ankle. Why are you making me question myself? I don't know. I'd have to look into that. I don't. I feel like I would have known that. Have you not watched the and one thing on Netflix yet? No. Yeah. So like he almost bankrupt and one because. They went so hard after Nike and then signed him straight out of college. He was their poster player, first game out, um, playing for the Timberwolves, right? And he went up for a layup, came down, and broke his ankle. Oh, yeah, okay. you should you should watch It's the Truth or whatever. It's this, it's the second one to the Monte Tail that we're gonna talk about. I don't think it's the, okay. I don't think it's the second one because I think there's others. I think they did that cool minor league hockey. I think it's like the second season. Uh, but anyway, so this, and we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. I believe you, whatever. Uh, Rise and fall of uh, but, one. There you go. Which I, I do want to watch. Uh, Chet Holmgren though. Yeah, that's, that's going to be rough. Uh, I hope he bounces back and, you know, people are already saying, you know, the Greg Oden comparisons and so forth. Hope he bounces Dude, back. I Put do some too. weight on work on your upper body Dude, work uh, on your get after it. I, well, yeah, just, you know, work on your leg strength why, why work on upper body he broke his foot we're gonna because his he lower needs to body. put on some weight i know just in general he's not gonna be running some squats anytime soon uh <laughs> i think the list frank has a pretty good bounce back though I, I you know hopefully Derek stingley definitely does uh so speaking of the manti teo documentary you saw it you texted me that you were starting it halfway through i texted you how is it and you said eh worth a watch which didn't sound promising at all uh, side note, watch this fool on Hulu. Hilarious. Anyway, uh, as a Hispanic man, I, I just loved it. It was hilarious and it was, I'd watch it again. Um, we're picking, anyway. we're picking that one today. Good yeah, I'm going, I'm going on that team. Um, so Manti Teo, I was hesitant because of your reaction, but then after watching, I was like, that was pretty good. I would say the, when the story started getting juicy, I, I didn't necessarily like the lead up. I didn't like, like in between the first and like, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, that yeah. was like what? the second part, like all the bullshit about like her dying and the breathing thing. And then calling him say, it's me. And right around the same time at being at the Heisman ceremony, which I don't know what anybody thought he had actually had a shot to win, but um, hater. Because I'm not a going hater. against Johnny football. There was no way who had at that win. point, the best, Freshman football season of all time. And I would never even argue one of the Tebow. best. He'll never be Tebow. 
He beat Tebow. Tebow got his He'll sophomore year. He'll never beat Tebow. I, and you know what? He'll I love... never beat Tebow mania. Hey, what's your, what's your fantasy football uh, team name? We'll talk about that later in the fantasy football segment. Okay, for those listening, remember no, this comment. Well, yes, we'll talk about that, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, documentary was good. It was. It was well like done. Most people, this rule, like this ended his career. Like he was not well, the guy in the it, NFL. Yeah, it cost him millions of dollars and then gave him basically uncopable anxiety. Yes, and I know like it ended with the speech, but man, he still looks his hair was on point. I like growing out my hair right now so I can go get the Manti Teo without the beard look, but he looked rough, like even the little hoorah speech at the end. And then it's like, oh, let's make it happy about the other person, which, you know, whatever that person decided, I'll let you watch the documentary. They made decisions and I'm glad, you know, I'm not just they're a bad person, like, like for what they did they are him. a bad person. Yes. Yes. And regardless of what's what they're doing now, like at the time, holy crap, what's wrong with you? Like. I- I, I liked how at the end, well, I, you know, I learned a lot about myself and I became a better person. You ruined a man's entire career. You horrible person. Yeah, I I, I agree with you there. Um, I mean, there's I, no, like, I, I hope he goes and gives motivate. I mean, I'm sure he's giving motivational speeches. He seems like he's still the positive, like, can't hate him guy. But I mean, unless some team were to sign a contract and he becomes like a Pro Bowl type player, like, it's just you want a better ending. But there had to have been a point. And I know the documentary did, a, like, they made sure to cover this. This was 2011, 2012. Catfishing was not a thing. But there had to have been a point where you would have said, come on. Like, this is fake. Like, this isn't real. Well, and I liked how they interviewed some of his uh, friends and family. And they're like, yeah, you know, we thought it sounded weird, uh, but we didn't say anything to him. Like, bitch, no, you didn't. And if you did, you're a horrible friend, period. Like, you're meant to like, who's not going to want to see you if they want to be your girlfriend? Like, who's not going to want to see you in person? And then I didn't get, like, the whole, like, he went back to Hawaii so many times. If it was such a small, like, she's never home. She's no, no, no. she wasn't Hawaii. in Hawaii. I know she was, she, I know she she was, was in SoCal. California. Yeah. But if she was from Hawaii. She wasn't. She was from SoCal. But I thought like the cousins of the cousins, they went to the high school at the same like. No, 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 no. And they, they knew to they, Stanford. They, yeah, they knew her on Facebook because she had reached out to them on Facebook. So when he's like, hey, do you know this person? They were saying, yeah, like I've talked to her on Facebook. Like they did. He never like ultra verified. Have you met her in person? Have you seen pictures? I don't of her, think so because I she was close you. enough to that one guy mm-hmm. that he was willing to reach out and ask her for that picture. Yeah, because they were talking. Okay, so the dude who did it, or they who did it, um, and that whole scene was in Southern California. They were in LA. He, they're all, they are all Polynesian, like Samoan. Um, so there's a tight knit community. But his whole family and all the people he grew up with were in Hawaii. And it just happened that because it's a tight knit community, they tend to like bleed over and they know some of the same people, but they didn't grow up in the same area. They didn't know the same people locally, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. But still, at some point, like I'm anti tail, you like, we've got to hang out and see each other in person over the next three years. Got it. Okay. So there were parts where I was like, come on, dude. But then at the end, you're like, God, dog it. Like they've ruined 
his career. Like, anyway. I agree. I mean, 2011, 2012 was a different time, right? Um, it was, but so was, I mean, common sense was still there. I mean, I'm not. I mean, even his dad was like, "Oh yeah, I knew better." Um, well, then you did. Oh, dad lost some weight, dude. I was going to say the same. Yes, I was like, "That's a guy." That should be a documentary, and it's like its own. Uh, but yeah, Matt Ty, man, I hope, I hope he, you know, continues to bounce back. I think he's doing that. From the looks, it looks rough, but anyway. Uh, Aaron Donald swung a helmet at practice today. Does anybody care? Aaron Donald has like a tendency of like there's fit like the picture of him choking the guy during the game when he has like the world peace sticker on the back of his helmet. And that's what steroids do to him. Oh, you want to go there? I mean, you know what? Is this like the whole, like when you tell people the rock is on steroids, like when they tore that apart on two bears. Oh yeah, they do. Yes, he is. They're all on steroids. Okay. I think I just had one of those moments, but yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Anger swings literally. I mean, he's uh, got anger issues. He's huge. Or he's on some port, some port of BEDs, some sort of BEDs. I don't know. Maybe it's not steroids as we know it. No, um, it's because those guys got great nutritionists. Okay. They get fed. They did, you know, at college, a pit. I'm sure they had buffets. I'm sure that's all it is. Sure. Uh, nose of what's in our glass. Fire. Oak, honey, cherry. I'm not getting like charcoal or anything like that. What about you? I'm getting like similar notes to like some of the other better like 120s. Like I'm going to say like there's some cinnamon. A little stag in there. Hmm. That high, smooth, burning marshmallow vanilla. Like, it's not it's not there. I know that's a big name to throw out, but there's the 120 proofs that are heat there, and then there are the smooth 120s that are good and usually high dollar. How much was this again? 55. Not bad. Yeah, I get, like, burning marshmallow, a little bit of vanilla. No, woman, that no good cry. grassy note. No woman, no cry. Okay, uh, let's keep it easy. Let's keep it simple. I'm gonna give this a very good A minus B plus. Okay, a plus. All right. All right. same neighborhood. I'm good with that. Before we get into our third jam, we won't because I know our last show was like talky talky about us. San Diego, fun, good, recommend it. Go back, dude. So much to do. Beautiful. Uh, didn't get colder than 70, didn't get hotter than 80 in August. Um, I, I, I told my wife, if San Antonio had this weather, I'd never move. Um, but we don't. So I'm still not going to move. I'm just going to be miserable for three months, three months a year. Um, but absolutely amazing, beautiful. Did the zoo, all that fun stuff. Balboa Park, you know, Mission Beach, did the whale watching tour, La Jolla, all that stuff. Little Italy? Yeah, made over Little Italy. How though. was it? Uh, pretty cool. Um, packed, packed. Uh, it was because uh, y'all didn't make it to Little Italy in New York, right? No, we made it to Little Italy in New York. We just didn't spend a whole lot of time there. Okay, okay. Is this like a more like? I don't want to say the it's not. Thing. It's more like a street, like sub district. I would say it's probably like half the size of New York. 
but very very restaurant driven like it they embrace i've actually heard the one in san diego is the largest little italy in the country i mean that may be true that may be true i mean like there's one main strip i don't know how you're judging it by square miles or what but i will tell you the restaurant we went to was called uh barbusa um and it kind of gets this very high-end vibe but the prices weren't that bad um i had like a chicken parm we got a pizza we got a couple different pasta dishes some garlic bread and the pizza was um I can't remember the name of it, but it's tomato sauce. And then it's got big dollops of mozzarella on it, like on each slice. And it was probably the uh, mozzarella, I think like basil, but it was the closest thing to pizza that I had. I've had in the States than I had when I was 18. I went to Italy um, and had pizza there. So it was that close. I mean, it was very authentic, very um, airy dough. Like it wasn't like super thin crust or anything like that. Had some bubbles to it. It was nice. Um, food was amazing like all in all what i would say about san diego the food is amazing with one exception mexican food hands down the worst i've had in the country really worst mexican food you've ever had worse really yeah i mean no it's worse and that's because they make those funny videos where they'll say like california is coming to texas for barbecues and stuff so just that was the worst mexican food i've ever had like did you see the video of me? I sent you of Patty the Batty in San Diego, like the same time as you, and he was trying like different things. Like he had barbecue that looked delicious. I didn't. No, I did not that. see that. I didn't see it. Well, I did, and uh, yeah, he had a couple things that looked pretty tasty, but I'm sure that wasn't as good as out here in the Lone Star State. The seafood was amazing for sure. Uh, seafood Italian uh, ceviche, uh, really good. Went to Point Loma. See so uh, Point Loma seafood. Uh, had the ceviche there. Um, that's always an interesting experience, right? Like they pulling the seafood like straight off the of boats and actually like cutting up and serving it there. Like that's that's a pretty pretty interesting experience. So Balboa, that's near where the seals are at. Uh, Balboa Balboa Park is right where the zoo is. So it's all one area. Uh, La Jolla is where the seals are. Navy seals. Uh, yeah, they they I'm just they you said zoo and you threw me off and I was like Navy seals. <laughs> No, like seals. Like the animal. Okay, I'm asking about Navy seals. Oh, isn't that where the Coronado Island? That's where the Navy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close to, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> I... <laughs> well, that was a fun trip. Um, yeah. No, it was, it was actually pretty cool, man. Like the, uh, the Hilton we stayed at was the Hilton Airport slash Harbor Island, right? So there's Harbor Island, Shelter Island right there from the airport. Because airport's like fucking right next to downtown. It's really oddly situated when you think about it. Um, and we had a bay for it facing view. So I looked out over the bay and straight onto Coronado Island where the uh, the naval base is. And they had just brought in the uh, the aircraft carrier. And they were like already like stripping it down, sandblasting and stuff like that. And then all of the uh, the Seahawks, so the Navy Blackhawks, um, the hangar was right there. And they had like probably 30 or 40 uh, Seahawks out of there. And they were like taking off, flying, doing ground runs. It was really cool. I mean, you basically got to see like a naval base in full operation uh, with everybody there and not out at sea. So it was pretty cool. Nice little free uh, air show there. Very much uh, so. T minus one month and a week till we are in the Mile High City. Uh, Dude, we, we hadn't even taken, unveiled that yet. We hadn't well, told our listeners where we're going. Now. 
we will be taking fourth dram on the road. We are going to Denver, Colorado. Uh, if I die before that one too, yeah, I'd be real disappointed. Uh, because yeah. I think the tickets are non-refundable. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're excited about that. Uh, okay, third dram. Third dram. Let's do it, man. All right. So this one, what we wanted to do, or what I wanted to do, this was my my. Uh, my homework was to actually look at the most recent whiskey advocate article dated August 19th. And it's really talking about a lot of the new releases coming up. So Kurt, uh, what I'd like to do is let's both pull this up and kind of just walk through this list, uh, full credit to, like I said, whiskey advocate for putting this together. Um, but just see like, how excited are you about this bottle? Is this a unicorn for you? Um, is this something that if you see, you'll grab. Let's kind of talk through these and uh, give our listeners a little idea of what our thoughts are with this list. Okay, right off the top, I see Old Forester Birthday Bourbon, the 2022 release, September 2nd. So yeah, that's one of those bottles that I've had once. I got my hands on one time. Phenomenal. That's one of those that they say the, the uh, palate and the tasting on them changes quite a bit every year because it's not from a consistent, you know, same kind of pool thing. You know, one year it was bananas, the next year, you know, cotton candy or whatever. I will still do what I do every year since then. Look to see where the raffles are because that's the only way that I can get my hands on it. If there's a local one, I'm definitely going to go try it. If it's if it's there, I will definitely pay this 150 and uh, even do what we did last year. If I see it's being raffled in San Antonio, I'll be sure to text you to tell you to get your ass over there in line for us. And you know, I'll be there. You know, uh, made me think of uh, when I was in San Diego, once again, one of those states where you could walk into a Walgreens or a grocery store and buy liquor, completely foreign to us for those of us in Texas. Um, I was in there. Not anymore, but I will, I'll talk about that in a second. Let's double back on that. But what I wanted to tell you, is I was in this small grocery store, not like a mom and pop shop, but like a small chain. And I was going to the liquor, liquor aisle, picked up a bottle of Terramana for the wife and I to drink in the room and kind of walked by the bourbon a little bit. They had, you know, they had Buffalo Tracer, perfect, uh, perfect amount, um, but they had a liquor cabinet. And I looked by that and they had old fits and a liquor cabinet. You know how much they wanted for it? California. Mm-hmm. Well, keep in mind the Buffalo Trace for the 750 was about 32 bucks. $3,000. Actually, not that bad. $800. $800? Yeah. So I picked, it, about it. I picked it up. You spent $800. No. <laughs> I was like, you thought about it. You questioned You son it, of a bitch. I, of a bitch. I, did, I, had a, I had a slight moment. I was like, my wife might kill me. So no, I didn't do it. So you weren't as toasted as you were in New York. Because if no. you were as toasted as you were in New York, you would have probably grabbed it. I'll, just, I'll take two. <laughs> uh yeah what about you i mean is there anything else to say about that forest no man you would I, grab it I, i've never had it i've never had it this is the one uh i think one old forester i haven't had i've had, I had the 150 here at the house and think about all the regular lineup um but to your point i think you made nailed on the head like it is very different year to year to year so that's uh to our listeners if you see it for 150 200 250 grab it if you can afford it i think it's worth it in that price point all right so one of your favorite call outs i think you really liked the series three or four uh remus repeal reserve uh series six is coming out i've never had this bottle um i know you had the three and really liked it is this something that a 
$100 price point, something that intrigues you, and this is MGP Juice, I think you could probably find it for like $80 something. $100. I did find it was batch three, very, very good, $80. Uh, and it was really, I had a lot of misses, um, you know, strikeouts, I guess you could say, before I grabbed this one. So it was really, it came in at a time where I was like, oh, yes, I got one. I'm reading here Ross and Squib Distillery, formerly known as MGP. So I guess that's a thing. I'm going to keep calling it MGP because I'm not going to say Ross and Squib. Ross and Squib? MGP for life. Ross and God, dog it Ross and Squib Distillery. See, nope, MGP. Um, it says here, sir, it is comprised of five bourbons aged between eight and 14 years. I mean, that's a pretty good like age, number one, but the blend looks pretty solid, man. Like a good chunk of it is more fit, more than 50% of it is 10 plus years old. Yeah. And I mean, this is batch six. Not that I had to con- like double check my Roman numerals, but yeah, batch six. Uh, Did I say batch five? I meant batch six. I said six. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's what threw me off, but it is, it is batch six. I had batch three. I did not have batch four. I, I remember I'm one of those that I will literally Google what's better. And I remember three and four going back and forth. I don't remember reading much on batch five. Maybe I let the MGP thing get to me where I was like, oh, you're a fraud. But, but it was very good. Lots of cherry in batch three. I Would I spend $100 on it? Probably not. I've been very picky on my $100 or more bottles recently. In fact, I don't even know the last time that I grabbed one that was 100 or more. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'd have to see how I felt at the time. Quite a bit of a breakdown there. Yeah. Lots I, of rye, it looks like. A lot of rye. A lot of rye. I'm going to jump down the list a little bit. Um, there's a Ardbeg that I'm not going to name. Um, that's a 19-year-old for $300. We're not super here, huge into the Islay Scotches. Uh, I know one of my good friends is. I love a good uh, uh, Lagavulin. Um, uh, Lafroig is typically a little, uh, I want to say, iodine for me. Um, and Ardbeg's a good pickup. This is a 19-year-old, which I've never had. It's one of those that I might kick around, like splitting 50-50 with my buddy if you really want to try it. Um, Jefferson's, uh, a new Sea Voyage Ocean Age just coming out at 45%. I don't know if you've ever had one of these. Um, so it's a 90 proof for about 80 bucks. Have you ever picked up one of these bottles? I know. A friend of mine was a big fan of it. You know him. Uh, yep. Our other boy from San Antonio. He uh, he enjoyed it. He bought it a couple times. There's There's some like, is it marketing? Is it a legit thing? to it so that's always i've always been skeptical about it i don't i don't remember doing backflips when i had it to, to the point where i've never bought it myself at that 80 price range so yeah no this is probably one of those that i mean if i go to a restaurant it's offered at yeah. a reasonable price sure maybe but I, i'm not gonna grab the bottle which you yeah. see quite a bit on the shelf you do you do i would i would agree with that assessment i think if it was a 60 dollars bottle i might grab it um Something neither of us is going to buy as well. Little Mill 250th anniversary, 45-year-old 45 single malt scotch. $12,000. That's your trip. <laughs> Can I do credit? I need the points. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say here, man. Like, There's 250. Move on. Nothing. Crystal decanters. Yeah, one of those things I maybe if I saw and it was like 50 bucks for a, a, you know, a shot that or money two. money don't tickle, tickle. It moves. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, 
Uh, the thing else on this, I the, the King of King Kentucky, Kentucky's. We won't see those if we did. I would probably fork over $250 just to say I have it. And then you see the 18 year old is the next one on the list. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I would be so shocked to see that bottle. And if it was for 250, oh, you're going to see for would. five or $600 at least. Yes. Um, I think I'd be seeing about a thousand bucks, but this is one of those uh, with our whiskey club. We're putting a little pop together um, that it think it's one of those bottles. Like if you're able to find for 250 bucks, you know, you text your treasurer, say, hey, this is a great buy at MSRP. You're not going to see it. Let's buy it as a group. And that's where you go in. Or you find someone that you want to go 50-50 with it on. Um, another one, if you know, I went to a bar in 1919, I'd definitely pick up and try a shot of this. Because I think that's going to be you know, probably a $30, $40 pour, right? Um, all right, last one. Uh, Kentucky Peerless Rum Barrel. I have not had a lot of success with rum barrel aged bourbons. Um, at least not within my palate of liking. Um, 150 bucks for a 110 proof guy here. Have you tried any of the peerless stuff? I've heard really, I've heard good things. I would say that about the bourbon and the rye, but this is, looks like something new. I may have had some type of peerless at 1919 one time, but I think it was one of those times in the night where I couldn't give you a fair judgment of it. Uh, so I, I won't try to for that price. What was the price again? Uh, 150 bucks. Probably not. Yeah. yeah, probably a little bit outside. I think you can pick up the rye in the bourbon for around 90, uh, if I remember right. Um, and the last one we'll leave the list with is the American Single Malt Stranahan's the Ossifer. Is that how you say it? I don't know, Ossifer. Was that, <laughs> that I don't know. I don't know. I swear to drunk, I've I'm not good. This. So this is the one that like I've had. We've had Stranahan's together. Yes. Yeah. You had it. You bought it. I did. And I drain poured it. And it has like a scotch thing it going on. It's very, it's very grassy, scotchy, but not in my favorite ways. Um, this is an 11 year old. We are going to Colorado and it says it's a distillery only. So, I mean, if you wanted to get crazy, I'm sure old Keith would be happy to do some, some wild shit with us. I have no um, idea where this distillery is. If it's, Anywhere near Colorado, if it's it, in, it's in it's in Colorado, it's called the Ossifer after George Stranahan's self-appointed title of the Pilgrim Ossifer, whatever that means. Okay, moving on. It is actually uh, in it's actually in Denver. Well, then guess where we're going? Right we're after we go to Golden Ossifer. Uh, it's actually not too far from where we're going to be staying. Um, it's actually like literally it's probably 10 minutes away. So we're saying it now, if you're listening to the show and you've been to Denver and there are must go to places, start emailing us, let us know. Um, all right. Palette. Let's see how this tasty. This is promising. Cause I said, I was going to open up only one of the sample bottles and I'm at that. Do I open the second one? Do I do it? Yeah, probably will. It's pretty good. Um, go for it. Go for your palate because we're about to talk some football in the fourth round, and that's that's what we do best. She's she's a spicy meatball. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it that. Uh, there's a lot of barrel spice, but in a good way on this for me. Um, a little bit of oakiness. It's not sweet. That's one thing I would not classify this as a sweet. It's spicy. It's oaky. 
Um, not floral. It's very, not bad aggressive, but like aggressive taste forward bourbon notes. Was there any input on the uh, mash bill breakup? You know, not that I saw, but I don't know that it's not out there. That said crafted in Memphis. And the way they stamped uncut on the back of the bottle is blue on top of blue ink. So you can't read any of it. Um, you know it's there. And I think they tried to be slicky wicky on it. So blue note, the original juke, like they're, you know, not single barrel, not store pick is 70% corn, 21% rye, which I was expecting makes it sense. to be a pretty decent rye and 9% malted barley. So yeah, that 21, and that's at the 93 proof. So that 120 with that rye is what we're probably getting because it is spice. And I like the way you said, there's not much sweetness. Which I'm not mad at. Let's just be very clear. Typically, I like a sweeter bourbon. But when it's balanced like this, like you get it on the front of your tongue and it gives you a little bit of kick on the back end, but nothing like, you're not like, oh, about it. Kind of that red candy. Not that cherry like we were talking about on the Remus, but I don't like know. a little bit of... Like I get cinnamon, red hot, Obviously. Red yeah. hots. Okay. Yes. Big get, red gum. Yes. Spiciness. And it's like, but it's a smooth... Oh, this is going to sound really weird. A smooth, strong... Ooh, I'm saying smooth. I'm that guy. Uh, did you get any of that? It's at so the classic. Whiskey Club? Did you get any of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like a, a, a smooth burn. I like yeah. it. Yeah. You, you, Not you'd ethanol like, burn. I would agree, yeah. Uh, you, you'd like it. I made everybody do... We kind of used our grading system on this show, but then I broke it down to him. I said, okay, you said A-. minus. Give me a give me a ninety one or ninety two, and I have spreadsheet documented by proof by um, uh, distillery of origin everything like this, and I probably have a list of like fifteen bourbons that we've gone through so far, and I'm gonna start creating like this data analysis pivot tables and all this crazy stuff on it. Um, so every time we meet, we're trying a bunch of different stuff and tracking it, and we're trying to figure out where our flavor profiles are. So when we want to go spend money, we know where we should go spend it. I will. Need to attend one of these meetings. Um, it has that grassy note taste, but not bad. Not bad. But I don't get like, I don't get the grassiness. The spices, I, obviously. Yeah, I don't get the grassiness that I get out of a lot of like Texas whiskeys or like, for example, that Kings County uh, from New York. Like, I don't get that corny sweet. Does that make sense? Uh, so I'm going to give this a. B almost B plus or I could be swayed to a new B plus on the taste, but a B. I like it. I'm going B also. I thought B minus, but it's 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 enjoyable. It's good for that proof. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go B as well. Yeah, this will I, this is something you would drink around a campfire because the rye kind of keeps you a little warm. You know what I mean? Like when it's cold outside. Maybe it's like cold. This will keep you warm. This will keep you warm quite a bit. Uh, all right. So we've got a pretty good nose going. We got a pretty good palate going so far. Not a bad bottle, but you know what? It's time to talk football. Let's get into that fourth dram. Let's do a main. Okay. It is 
the weekend. The weekend that we circle on our calendars, the weekend that we plan months, year in advance, the weekend that as soon as we get our asses kicked in the second round of the playoffs, we look forward to all over again. And it's probably the funnest time because even if you suck yeah. throughout the year, as long as you had a fun draft day, that's what makes it best. There are men around the country that are getting together for the who knows how many times in years at Buffalo Wild Wings, in their living rooms, in their garages. Or if you're like us, who we spread across the great state of Texas, we all get together on Zoom on this this exact platform. We will be doing that this weekend, and we are going to enjoy it. So we won't go so in-depth because obviously we have our secrets that we want to keep to ourselves in our league. But let's talk a little strategy. We'll give you a bonus sleeper because we're obviously not going to give you our sleeper sleeper. And then we're going to ask the infamous question, what round for a quarterback? So let's start strategy. Dick, you're going into it this year. You got pick one part through 10. We have a 10-man league this year. What are you thinking? What What's the game plan? So, man, I went back and forth um, on how do I want to approach this year, right? I've done it where I've just gone in blind and said, I'm going to take the best player off the board. Um, last year, I got a little more specific, actually a lot more specific, where I actually broke down and said, round by round, what player do I want to take? Um, that did not fare well because all of my players were gone by the time I wanted to pick. Um, so I was dra- drafting up and I think probably drafting a little higher than the ADP. Um, the approach I'm taking this year is a little bit more free, freelancing. Um where I've kind of laid out by round what priority of position I want to pick. And then I've prioritized my players within that position. Um, I've actually been watching some YouTube videos talking about uh, zero RB, one RB, hero RB, like all these different draft strategies. And I think what it comes down to is for most of us, you're going to take running backs and wide receivers in the first two or three rounds as much as you can, like the best ones available um, and try not to overlap off our bye weeks. And then it's everything else. Like you want your highest performers up top. Um, so I think, I think that makes a lot of sense for most leagues. Now I think we could both agree that our league is a little immature when it comes to real draft strategy. I think we're going to have some guys taking Mahomes in the first round. Um <laughs> <laughs> which, which hashtag 2021. Exactly. Um, but you know, like there's a, there's a little method to the madness here. So I'm he trying was to first overall pick. I, he was, he was number one last year. He was didn't work out. <laughs> Did not work out. Um, yeah. In all honesty, I took him in the first round of the year before. So, uh, don't have a lot of shit to talk, but I didn't do it last year. So, So, okay. yeah, man, that's kind of that's kind of the strategy I'm going to adopt. I'll figure out what my first pick is, and then I'll either draft the zero RB or hero RB uh, approach. So, yeah, I do that as well. I always have the three players that I am going to take in each round, and I spread it out instead of, of course, where you think they're going to be selected. So, you know, obviously I'll have my three guys in the first round. If any of those guys are still available, I'm probably going to take them in the second round and so forth. So I will do that again. I did take a big gamble last year. There was one quarterback and one quarterback only because of the offense that he plays in that I said I was going to take him if he was available in the second or third round, and I went Kyler Murray. First two games, it looked like I was a genius. After that, not so much. I this year and sit tight on the quarterback, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But, yeah, 
you put your best three players together. I have always contemplated how do you how would you do if you just took best available from whatever was suggested on your draft platform? No fun, I know, but contemplated it. But yeah, that's what I do. I think I'm gonna I think I am gonna go running back, wide receiver heavy. There's those guys in each position that you're like, I think I would take them if they're available uh, and then wait for the later rounds for the quarterback. Let's skip the sleepers question and save that for the end. I want to shoot a couple questions at you well, because the, we, we know our homework. There's nobody that you're going to say that I'm going to be like, oh, my gosh, I, can't, I forgot about that guy. I'll take him. So I'm going to ask you some questions. <laughs> But before you do, I kind of want to throw before you do that because we talked okay. about we talked about you brought up Kyler because Kyler's on my draft board and Kyler got paid and Kyler trying to put his big boy pants on calling plays during the preseason. Yeah, right. So, but I also saw and it was I think it was um, by one of these Instagram guys. I'm trying to th- I, I send them to you a lot, but he talked about how Kyler. Apparently, there's this trend that when the new modern or Call of Duty drops, like Kyler's performance tanks, and that was right around the eighth game of the season when they were seven and zero, because he apparently doesn't like to watch film, so he starts playing Call of Duty instead. Um, so I wonder, to your point, if he puts his big boy pants on, he got paid, he wants to be a grown up and not play COD. Kyler can be a really good quarterback, but it's really just gambling to see. Is he going to procrastinate and, you know, play Xbox or is he actually going to do his homework and make hundreds of millions of dollars? That's not a thing. Kyler Murray is a go out there and just play. So I'm not even going to acknowledge that. Okay. Now the poor guy's bullshit. The poor guy is not going to be able to play because every asshole out there who's, well, I guess he can hide his identity, but, and I don't know if he's been doing that, but every guy who sees Kyler Murray's playing. On COD right now, I'm going to shoot it to the news. He played three hours and 26 minutes. Like he's, so, yeah, he's a go play. He's a stud. We've had the privilege of watching him here in the great state of Texas when he played high school football here. Just give him the football and let him do his thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. There is a certain round that I have for Kyler in my head. I don't know if I'm going to pull the trigger like I did last year. He's on, on my board. Really. He's, he's on my on, board. He, obviously, he's on everybody's. I board. think. I think. I mean, same like full, quarterbacks on everybody's board. Well, I think full transparency. Like I've got him. I've got him as my third quarterback overall. So, like, but I, I don't said, think he's well, going to be there. There are three questions I'm going to ask you right now, okay. and there's nothing right. that you're going to say that I'm like, "Oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to steal that." Is Derrick Henry still top four overall? Yeah. Okay, so there you don't you're not predicting any fall off for Derrick Henry whatsoever. No, because the entire offense still has to run through him. Okay. Christian McCaffrey. Number one player five. off the board. Number one player off the board. Has to still. be still still because he's healthy. You have the okay, no, okay, keep going. He's healthy. And mm-hmm. every analysis every every well, every analysis I've seen basically says like he has the He's the only player that has a consistent ability to give you 20 points per games without scoring a touchdown. And he's their entire offense. Like he can, he's going to run the ball, screen the ball. Exactly. That's what he does score the touchdown. That's what I'm saying. But even if he has an off game, he's still going to give you 20 points. So I think he's the most consistent person out there. He's off the season. 
He's on the second season off the injury, so I don't think it's it's a nagging injury. Didn't come up last year. Something else could happen, obviously. But if you're if you're in a if you're in a league to win, I think he's the first one or two players off the board. There's another player that I think you could go back and forth on, but okay. So then that eliminates the need to ask you. I was going to say, who do you take number one? Because there's nobody that you're going to say that I'm like, oh, I'm going to take him. Oh, I'm not taking him up. Number one, you're not. No, I'm taking Jonathan Taylor number one if I get number one. Okay, so that's what I would say. That's who yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. He's the one. But then even if you're sitting there at like two, three, four, uh-huh. like, Chris, like Christian McCaffrey's done enough. So, okay, let me throw this. Christian or, or Derrick Henry? Christian. Really? Because mm-hmm. he's the flex. I mean, he's like the ultimate flex. Right, but is he going to give you the, you know, Three and zero start, and then he's going to be hurt for ten years. I don't know. I, mean, I think that's the I'm, risk. He's fooled me twice. But you yeah. have. To, are you playing to win or playing not to lose? If you're playing to win, you're drafting Christian McCaffrey. You play to win the game. Okay, I get. It. I know. I've been burned. It'll be in the back of my head. I'm not going to lie. I think he actually dropped last year to me at like six. Yeah. So people weren't picking him last year. Uh, just could be we're dumb dumb because he was coming so, off the injury. And Patrick Mahomes was taken first, but. Uh, uh yeah, Jonathan Taylor, I guess is consensus number overall number one. Um what round for a quarterback? So I'm looking and at are you like me last year where is there an upset exception to the rule? There's an exception to the rule if stuff starts going off the board quick, right? If Josh Allen and Mahomes and Herbert go off the board in the second round. I know, oh, shit, there's only like two or three other quarterbacks I want. Um, so I'm probably going to trade up, right? I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck it and just go. But if everything goes as it should, I'm probably not starting to draft a quarterback till round five or six. See, and I think that's what I'm – I think I'm going to give that a try this year. Now, I know you'll see me take fucking Mahomes in the second round. But honestly, <laughs> like I think this year I might do the wait till the five – Sixth round and take well, there's so Kirk, many good quarterbacks. Kirky Cousins, you who's could. gonna give you points. <laughs> I mean, let me let me throw this at you, right? So, like, I'm gonna give you a list. I'm just gonna give you my whole list because it really doesn't matter at this point because I've got almost got 10. Well, I have uh eight. Okay. Do you see a huge drop off? Okay, you got Josh After Allen. the top three that everyone has talked about. Josh Allen, Her- Herbert, and and Mahomes, right? Those are I think interchangeable. Okay. Well, I think Lamar Jackson may be in the okay. top three. All right, so perfect. Kyler Murray. He's in second tier. Okay. Derek Carr. Oh, he's third tier. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, second. Okay. Jalen Hurts. Think about that before you answer it. Think about it. No, I, I agree because he's he's in a similar situation. He's not Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. But he can but, run. But his their offense is going to be based on a lot of what he can do. I, I, I'm getting my com- computers. My quarterback is we're in the fourth round. I'm getting my quarterbacks mixed up. I don't think he had as many rushing touchdowns as I would think last year. Yeah, he did. That could go up. In fact, that may be one of the better bets but, in Vegas. I think his over under is like. But he's also got he's got AJ Brown. He has more. He has more weapons. Yes. And so, then and then you you don't need. Uh, I know you don't want to say it, but Dak Dak's still going to give you numbers. See, in Dak, I okay. So if you're asking me, Dak is probably a tier two, and okay. I think Jalen is like a tier three. But so here's here's the kicker, right? 
I think your tier twos that you're talking about can give you anywhere from 15 to 25 points a game a week. Right. And the way I'm looking at it is tier one is second, third round. Yeah. Tier two, fourth, fifth, tier three, you know, but here's six, seventh, and then tier four is whoever you can pick up at the end. I, I agree. If it's a third round and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes go off the board and I've got the next pick, I'm grabbing Herbert. Like okay. that's that's if that's, that's how it's playing. Exception. Out. Yes. But if I'm if if Josh Allen, Mahomes, Herbert go off in the third round, I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna wait till the fifth. Because I know those other players, I I can interchange Carr, Jackson, Prescott, Hertz, Rogers. At that point, I've got I can kind of interchange those, get 15 to 25 points a week. Like the upside with Allen and Herbert and Mahomes is they'll sometimes give you 35, right? It'll it'll get crazy. Um, but they're not there's so many good quarterbacks. You said cousins, I'd put him in there too. I mean, he's gonna throw the ball to Jeffries all day. Consistent, and, yeah, and swing it to Dalvin Cook like in the flat. I mean, that's what's going to happen. So Burrow's in there uh, somewhere. Uh, Thielen, uh, I don't even have Thielen on my damn list right now. Um, I need to add him. Now I'm thinking about it. Thielen, whatever his name is. Okay, uh, good Sorry. stuff. Good stuff. No, I'm glad you gave me a uh, first round pick. We talked about Henry. We talked about McCaffrey. We talked about where we're taking quarterbacks, and you very similar strategies going into this year. One sleeper, I know you're not going to give your true sleeper because we are drafting against each other. So sleepers are different. Sleepers are your fifth, sixth. You can mention a name and I'd be like, oh, good idea, and take him. So give me a honorable mention sleeper that you get him. Maybe you'd be happy. You don't get him. You'll be okay. All right, so I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you three. I'm going to give you my real sleeper too. Um, fuck it. For the, it's for the listeners. I trust you. Really? Yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> all right. So Damian Pierce on the Texans. Um, I think Marlon Mack has lost that job from everything I've heard. I think you've kind of confirmed that, right? Um, I don't know this is a sleeper, but Alan Lazard, Devontae Adams is gone. He's the number one guy, right? Who else is Rogers going to throw a ball to? And Javante Williams. So I think those are backs you can pick up in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, maybe, depending on how the draft goes. So unfortunately, because I, I have, you know, I was texting you on draft day. I texted you before they picked them. I texted you that there was two running backs I wanted, and he was one of them, and we got we got him. And I've seen him in training camp. Damian Pierce is not going to be a sleeper anymore after his preseason performance because he it, all things are pointing. He's going to be the Houston Texans starter and Davis Mills needs to hand the ball off to be safe quite a bit in Pep Hamilton's offense. Damian Pierce is not a sleeper now okay. uh, after tonight because he's, he's not even a sleeper for me. He's one of those that I'm considering, like, where do I take him? Uh, if I have to give you a sleeper, I will give you a Isaiah McKenzie for the bills. Okay. Josh Allen, that offense is going to be sick. He's going to get some catches. He could be like a good little slot machine. Yeah, you know, fifth, sixth rounder. I'll throw that sleeper out there. There is a couple. There are a couple others that I'll just kind of keep to myself because right now there's the sleepers that you're fighting. You know, I give you three, and you're going to give me one. Okay, I'll give you Derek Carr. That's not a sleeper. Why not? That's because I, I just talked. To, I just gave you a fucking I, three minute I rant had a about plan that. in my head, and you talked about him. That's not my fault. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. Sorry, Derek, Derek Carr, Carr's a sleeper. <laughs> well, no, he not. may be my QB one. Okay, sue me. 
I'm not going to sue you. All right. But anyway, our draft is this Sunday. We're getting on the computer. We're getting on Zoom. Some of us will be together. No, what's your third? Uh, what's your third? I gave you three. Give me three. I don't. I mean, right off the bat, right now. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, what do you want? You want a running back, or do you want a wide receiver? Give me one. Um, uh, Jalen Warren with the Steelers because just because him and Najee Harris might be getting the ball a lot with not really a quarterback over there, but that's <laughs> All so right. that's actually a very good sleeper that I just gave you. So then let me ask you a question. Last year, you said, F it. I'm going to draft. Not drafting him this year. Who? Jameis Winston. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, not drafting him this year so, just because so it was my, bad juju. My Jameis Winston question to you is, are you drafting Watson? If he's there in like the twelfth round, no. You think you can pick him off the waiver wires before he comes back? I will have nine beers in me by the time we get into round eight, and I will take Jameis Watson, Kirk Cousins, fucking. Did you say Jameis Watson? <laughs> exactly. Oh, Jameis Winston. <laughs> pick it from Pittsburgh. I'll pick all of them. I'll pick the whole NFL before I pick Deshaun Watson. I'm not doing it just from principle. And if he uh, wins me, then it's the fantasy championship. But I don't want it. Well, you're not going to draft him. How would he win it for you? That's what I'm saying. He could be like he. I could draft. You know what I mean. Anyway, no, I'm not drafting him. I don't really want to go into there. We didn't even talk about him in headlines, but we will now. Thank you for working that in. You're welcome. We were almost spot on on the suspension. This kind yeah, of I was a, I was NFL. about forty five million dollars off, but yeah, with the number of games. Well, you yes. said no, but you said a fine. Yeah, I said a fine of fifty to million pay to charity, mm-hmm. and we both said that week twelve. It's week thirteen, which is weird because his first game is in they Houston. They did that on purpose. That's going to be brutal. That's going to be money when it comes to marketing on the TV, dude. Let me tell you this. When I went to Texans training camp and I was in line waiting for autographs. Wearing your Watson jersey? No. No. I was not wearing a Watson jersey. There was a man in front of me, very polite man, who turned around and said when the players start coming, he would let my son squeeze in between him to the gate. So I'm like, level-headed man. Very, very nice man. He turns around and he starts talking to me about Watson. And he goes, there's a gift shop here is bullshit because I'm trying. I peeled the Watson name off my jersey and I want to go put happy endings on it instead. And they won't let him do that. Okay. This was a man who looked like he was level headed. Nice guy. I love it. There's going to be those not level headed, nice people. Can you imagine the things that they're going to do at that game? The- it's going to be so good. I mean, and that's I'm, I'm, why they're letting him come back for that. I am a polite person. If I wasn't, I'd show up with a bathrobe. Uh, <laughs> empty bottle of KY would be thrown on the like. There would be things. So I don't know what he's gonna get. <laughs> so you're gonna. So what you're saying is like that. Houston fans are gonna become Eagles fans for a day. Like, <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Pat McAfee has gotten on the Texans train, and he is adamantly admitted that Texans have a badass fan base. Maybe not the last two years, but there's exciting things going on. It's going to be rough for Mr. Watson. So 
I guess that's the end of it. It was 12 weeks, no, 11 weeks, because then he comes back for the bye week. $5 million. People lost their minds. Robert Griffin just went on this like bash to Sean Watson tour, Facebook, and uh, ESPN that he was disgusted. He has daughters. Uh, there was other people that just adly said this is not good for the NFL. I don't really want to chime in with my opinion because I think I've kind of said enough on it. Do you care to chime in more? No, not at all. I think if you think about the NFL, they made this decision specifically so we'd be having this conversation. Like they want, they want midseason drama. They love this stuff. Love it. Eat it up. Well, I don't think so because I think they 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 definitely took the six weeks and said no, and they said let's do enough to where oh we did we okay, but I, it still got backlash more than I think they wanted. Yeah, I just can't. It just doesn't sit well that you left this franchise because you said it was so disorganized, which it was. DeAndre Hopkins, Bill O'Brien, JJ Watt. But to go to the one franchise, the one, I mean, you were second round of the playoffs, one quarter up on the Kansas City Chiefs, like 24 to zero, just not so long ago with this dysfunctional franchise. You're going to the one franchise that has probably done less in the same amount of time, except what, for the Detroit Lions. What makes you think any of that went through his head? Well, that's why he left. That's no, why he it no, was so he, dysfunctional. He left because he was embarrassed. He left because he was embarrassed, and then he went to where they were going to pay him the most guaranteed money. That's well, the, all it comes to down. Remember, to. he said he was leaving anyway. Well, I don't care it, what it he is. Said. What it is. He, maybe he knew shit was going to hit the fan. Yeah. I mean, is, are there fans in those rooms? I don't know. Oh, okay. Let's go. So we are on the third segment, and we're actually right on pace. We may actually do our last recording of the last two divisions before the season kicks off. So we're right on pace. We are doing our AFC NFL NFL. AFC NFC North preview this week, where we look at the two divisions. We tell you the player that we want to watch this year, not necessarily the best, but our player and why, and the standings, how we think that we're, I think I did this on the last episode. We should probably not do this in the fourth round and how the standings will be at the end of the season. So, First up, we've got the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Cleveland Browns. Some things that you've got to see this year. Will the Bengals be back? Is Lamar Jackson going to get paid? Is he going to play? What is? I mean, he's going to play, but how well is he going to play? Pittsburgh's going to have a new guy under center for the first time in a very long time. Who's it going to be? Trubisky or Pickett? And then we all know what's going on in Cleveland. Deshaun Watson's not playing until week 13. How are they going to look at that point uh, with Brissett? So, Dick, do you want to get started or do you want me to get going? Kurt, why don't you go and kick off the AFC? I'll take the NFC. Sure. This is probably the most... No, I'll take it back. Not the most... I was going to say the most... Let me start that over. This is probably the division that I could care the least about. I've really, other than watching 
Lamar Jackson and how exciting he is every now and then. But I, I will give you my honest opinion on it. I love Jamar Chase, an exciting player, had an awesome rookie year. He's going to be high on the fantasy draft boards, obviously going to be a big wide receiver number one for a lot of people. So that is why Jamar Chase is my player to watch. What about you, Dick? Dude, how could it be anything other than Deshaun Watson? Because you're going to not watch him for more than half the season. Yeah, but the second half of the season is going to be really cool. Like, you don't know. That's a whole new team. Like, you could – Cleveland could go 10-0 and 0 in theory or 9-0, whatever it comes out to, 10-0 for the first part of the season. And the second half of the season, he could come in and they could suck. How entertaining would that be? Or they could go 5-5. Five and five. They might be the playoffs, might not. And then you say, oh, is he the missing piece? Like, it's fun. It's exhilarating. It's fucking watchworthy. Like, you know what's going to be fun? What? You know what's going to be fun? Week one. When Mr. Carolina Panther just named the starter for week one, Baker Mayfield. Goes home. Are we going to see some OU versus Kansas crotch grabbing? God, I hope so. I will. If Baker Mayfield looks across the field like he did at OU in Kansas and grabs his crotch, I will buy a Baker Mayfield fathead and put it in my garage. I'm going to need you to step it up and buy a jersey. I won't buy a jersey. I will buy a fathead. Come on. Come on. I don't want to carry Come a on. Panthers jersey. I don't yeah. want an Oklahoma jersey. No. But... Fatheads are pretty pricey. That's a pretty pretty bold move there, Cotton. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he has the uh, the balls to do it, um, but we'll see. Oh, he does. He has some Baker balls. We've seen before. Uh, no, you're, you're right. The Cleveland Browns season will be exciting to watch. I think the distractions get to them. They showed the video of when Watson took the field against the 112th filled Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium, and they were ripping into him. There's going to be some distractions before they get into the stadium. But that's fun to in the watch. Stand. It's fun to watch. But that's why I don't know like how good Cleveland's going to be this year. Like nobody is going to be talking. Like people have not been talking about the offensive weapons. And then the funny thing is, you look at the Cleveland Brown Twitter like page, and it's like, hey, we're going to put on this big smile while there's a fire on the in the background. It's like that, that meme of that little girl smiling and the house is burning down. But I thought it was the dog in the in the I mean, he's sitting there with this is a newspaper. Like, this is fine. This is fine. Sure. That that one, too. Yeah. But anyway, I, I, I won't keep it long. It's, I mean, do you think Deshaun's going to pull out a couple of yellow golf balls from his pants and show the refs? Like uh, like Lane Kiffin did when they got thrown at him. No. Uh, no. Stretch. Okay. I think you're in the fourth round there, buddy. Uh, final standings. I think Cincinnati continues to roll with that offense. They're going to tear things up. Lamar Jackson, I think he's going to be just as good. I would not be surprised if these two had the same, if not very similar records. Pittsburgh, it depends who they roll with. Pickens was almost my player to watch, but I don't know if they're going to go fast with him. They may take it slow with him because they have Trubisky, but if it starts looking ugly by week five or six, he may be in there, meaning a rebuild season. I now put him in the third, and like I said, I think the distractions in Cleveland are just going to be rough unless they pull off this 
very late Jimmy Garoppolo trade, which I guess would salvage them and maybe make them better than Pittsburgh. But that's how I have it ending. Cincy, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Who's starting for Cleveland now that uh, Deshaun is out? Jacoby Brissett. Oh, yeah. So uh, Garoppolo will be there by this weekend. Got it. Um, Ooh, makes it more interesting. Would you pick up a Garoppolo as a second string quarterback in this situation? For fantasy? Yeah. No. Garoppolo. Garoppolo. Well, no. Backup quarterback. Garoppolo in Cleveland or Goff? I would go Goff or Carson Wentz before I would go Garoppolo. Carson Wentz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about, ooh, ooh, oh, Matt Ryan, Matty Ice. Matty Ice maybe is a starter for some people. Maybe. We'll see. All right. So, for me, I'm I'm really not too different, sim- dissimilar from me on this one. I'm going to pick Baltimore, though, um, and then Baltimore, then Cincy, and then I'm going to pick Cleveland and Pittsburgh. I really think Pittsburgh's going to struggle with not having any quarterback. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens. I did like Pickett in the first preseason game. I haven't seen how he's done in the other games. He looked solid. He looked good. I mean, if he could take over, could be very similar to when Big Ben took over. Maybe I'm just hopeful wishing for that franchise. I don't know. But the other thing that I will throw in there, I think Matt Ryan does have a big year and could be a starter because of all the emphasis on Jonathan Taylor. So that may open up play action and Matt Ryan getting the ball down the field. But anyway, on to the NFC North. All right. And we have the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings, the Chicago Bears, and the Detroit Lions. Green Bay, we've had enough drama with Nicolas Cage, a.k.a. Aaron Rodgers. Minnesota's just kind of bland, like their starting quarterback. Chicago has the second-year quarterback, and we're going to see how they do, and whether they build a new stadium or whatever they're doing. And can the Detroit Lions get some kind of productivity and turn things around down there? Possibly have a 500 record. Who knows? Player to watch. I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to go Justin Fields. I thought he was a steal where he was taken in the draft last year. He didn't really prove me right. Uh, I'm hoping he does this year with full reins. I hope he takes over. I hope he does good things. I hope he makes people in Chicago excited. So I'm Justin Fields for player to watch. All right. I'm going to go a little bit more fantasy football center and say DeAndre Swift. Um, I think he's probably one of the best running backs in the NFC. Um probably the best one in the NFC North consistently. But uh, that being said, I think DeAndre Swift really is a game changer. And when you think about Detroit's entire offense, it has to run through him. Uh, Jared Goff is a joke. So, um, yeah, that's mine. I don't think the standings in this division has changed much at all in the last 10 to 15 years, maybe going back to since the division. But I'm going Green Bay because of the guy named Aaron Rodgers. Go on Minnesota because they just happen to, for the last couple of years, just be consistent and not being bad, but not being good. Chicago, I hope Fields has a better year. Once again, another situation where they could have the same record as Minnesota. And Detroit just has done nothing in the last 20 to 25 years, you know, that makes me say anything different except for like the couple times that Stafford took them to the playoffs. I mean, Marvin Jones is gone. Like DeAndre Swift is the only player they have that I know of. For who? Detroit. Eminem. 
that's, that's represent all I got. Kid Rock. And when the Red Wings are better at hockey again, that'll be exciting. It will be. And when I can go buy a whole block of uh, Detroit homes for $10,000. Wait, I can't do that. Never mind. Oof. All right. Mother damn. So let's go ahead and give the ratings on this class. Well, right now it's got an A plus because of the buzz it's given me. I forgot that it's 121 proof and I've had a sample and yep. a half. So I feel good. But my realistic opinion, this is a solid B plus. I'll give it a B plus. I do like the nose more than I like the palate, but for a 121 proof, it's got good taste. It's got enjoyment. I'll go B plus. I actually very much agree with you. And it's funny that you put it there because um, when we put this together in our whiskey club, I actually gave this more like B minus overall. Um, and the rest of the team gave it a B plus and a minus. So putting your our review tonight against the rest of the group, another three people who are a lot less experienced in whiskey as we are, but similar um, similar feedback. They all really liked it, came in. To quote, $53 is exactly what I paid for it. Um, so 55 53 price range. Uh, I think it's overall a uh, pretty solid pickup there. I bet. Definitely continues my uh, enjoyment of Blue Note and the things they're doing over there. I still think that Crossroads, bo- crossroads bottle. Whoa, it's good stuff. Give it a try. Uh, all right. Time to get over that goal line. Yeah, man. Let's do it. All right, so we threw a shout-out to the great Bill Russell. We talked headlines to Sean Watson. We just we talked Chet uh, Holmgren, and then we went into some football news. We talked about our upcoming fantasy draft, some strategies that we use, you could use, and then we recapped our thoughts on the AFC and NFC North. Dick, hit him with the socials. All right, so Drammers, make sure that you're following us on our social media. Uh, Instagram, obviously, is the best way to follow us at at fourth dram at four thdram you can also visit us at our website fourthdramagoal.com and send us an email um we talked about a few different things here tonight specifically around fantasy football you can always send us an email at fourthdramagoal at gmail.com and of course make sure you're telling your friends about us and following us liking subscribing to us on all of your favorite podcast streaming services including audible Castbox, spotify apple Podcasts, etc and YouTube. So with that, Kurt, I'm going to go ahead and kick it back to you for the quote of the episode. Appreciate that, Dick. And of course, since we were late, but we will never forget the great original OG coach player himself, Bill Russell, who once said the most important measure of how good a game I played was how much better I'd made my teammates play. Look at bringing those around you up, supporting them, making them be their best. So, to the next snap and the next dram. Drink on, drammers. Holy shit. <laughs>